Hi, this is Nicole, one of the producers of Monsters Out of the Closet. I want to thank our amazing patrons, and we'd like to encourage our listeners to keep us in the business of haunting your earbuds by possibly contributing to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash monstersoutofthecloset or our website monstersoutofthecloset.com for more details. Now on to the show. They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are Monsters Out of the Closet. I'm Nicole. And I'm Sharia. Our theme this month is secrets. Secrets are potent things, whether sinister, supernatural, sordid, or sympathetic. The secrets we keep and the secrets we reveal have consequences. We begin with a secret that binds one relationship forever while pulling another relationship apart. How long can a secret be kept? Find out in Drifting, written by Ilana Stein and read by producer Nicole Kaland. 22 years ago, your daughter Dasha sat with you and your wife, Juliet, in the sunlit living room during a monthly visit. Your daughter worried her bottom lip and clenched her hands together in her lap She took a deep breath and closed her eyes. Mom, mother, she began, setting her jaw. You two know that Katie and I have been dating for almost four years. Well, Katie, uh, she proposed to me last night. Her face reddened, resembling a particularly blotchy tomato. And I said yes. You crack a grin as Juliet leans forward to lay a hand on Dasha's shoulder. Honey, that's wonderful, Juliet said, giving Dasha a small squeeze. All the tension in Dasha's shoulders leached out at her mother's words, but her jaw remained tight. Thanks, mother, she had whispered, tears in her eyes. It's been 21 years since the blushing brides tied the knot in a lovely evening wedding at the Rhododeron Gardens. The happy pair had slowly swayed under the candlelight, trading sweet nothings that were lost in the cool summer breeze as you looked on from the side, Juliet in your arms, leaning into your touch. The next morning at the crack of dawn, Dasha and Katie boarded their flight to Germany for a worry-free two-week honeymoon. You scrolled through Dasha's Facebook frequently, smiling wistfully at pictures of her and her new wife, enjoying evening strolls down softly lit cobblestone streets and fancy dinners at restaurants. Then, about a week in, the pictures stopped. After two days of radio silence, you called Dasha's cell phone only for Katie to pick up. After listening to your concern, she assured you that everything was fine. Dasha was just feeling under the weather due to food poisoning from some shellfish they had eaten. You grunted noncommittally. Well, can you at least put Dasha on the phone? Tell her that mom wants to check in on her. 
Katie paused. She's sleeping right now. I would hate to disturb her after she got to sleep. The practiced ease with which she spoke left you unsettled. Instead of pursuing the topic further, you asked Katie to tell Dasha to give you a call when she felt better. You finally got that call three days later. Your daughter sounded worn around the edges, but assured you that she was fine and looking forward to resuming her honeymoon. After the two of them got back from their honeymoon, life went on as usual, but with some small changes. Dasha no longer asked you or Juliet out for lunch, and multi-day visits had stopped altogether. She never seemed to eat as much at dinner as she used to either, prompting Juliet to fret and fuss over her diet, but Dasha would just laugh and brush off her concerns. And more than once, you and Juliet had brought up the topic of Dasha's sleep schedule. I'm fine. I'm just working the graveyard shift. The key to being up all night is to be consistent, she would say. Besides, this way, Katie and my schedules match up, she'd add, even as the years piled on and on. Their last visit, 13 years ago, had been during a late Thanksgiving, and Dasha laughed freely as Juliet fussed over the two of them. After dinner, Dasha and Katie insisted on washing the dishes, pulling your plate from your grip with a surprising amount of strength. You watched from the doorway as the two of them stood at the sink, Katie's head resting on Dasha's shoulder as they washed, speaking in hushed voices. Dasha shook her head at something Katie had said, bringing up the back of her head to wipe at her eyes. Katie was silent as she had brought up a comforting arm to wrap around Dasha's shaking shoulders. After that, contact had become increasingly limited to phone calls in the dark of night. And then, Juliet had the accident. The daffodils, crocuses, and tulips had been blooming at the height of their glory, and the other plants had only just started to dip their fronds and buds into the morning sunlight. The smell of fresh overturned dirt in the garden had wafted through the air, enticing the morning birds out to search for their breakfast. It was there that Juliet had fallen and had been unable to rise. It had been a lovely day. It had been a horrible day. It was unbearable being alone under the fluorescent lights of the hospital waiting room with nothing but your thoughts and the smell of antiseptic. So you had called Dasha to inform her what had happened and had begged her to come to the hospital for a visit. She had been silent for a long time before answering, barely audible over the sound of bustling nurses and chatting patients. I can't. Fear had pricked at your heart, cold and permeating. What do you mean you can't? You had asked, anger seeping into your tone and raising your voice. An ugly suspicion rose in your mind. Is it Katarina? Is she keeping you from seeing us? Mom, Katie isn't. She's fine and she's not keeping me from seeing you, either of you. 
I just, I can't. Dasha had choked before hanging up. It's only been two weeks since Juliet's fall and the doctors recommended she stay at the hospital. It took that fortnight of the constant commute to and from the hospital every day, returning to an empty, silent home before you picked up the phone and entered Dasha's number, only to hang up after the first ring. And now, here you sit at the tail end of visiting hours across from your slumbering wife as Dasha stands in the doorway. Not a single gray hair or wrinkle marring her appearance. Exactly as she had looked on that day, 22 years ago. The two of you stare at each other. It takes two minutes. It feels like two days. Slowly, quietly, she walks further into the room, pulls up a chair, and sits down across the bed. You probably have a lot of questions, Dasha whispers, eyes downcast and posture tense. Sure. Like, why the hell you never visit, or why you stopped calling? You grunt as you tiredly cross your arms and lean back into your chair. Although, getting a look at you now, I suppose it might have something to do with why you haven't changed at all in 20-something years. Dasha opens her mouth, but you hold up a hand. Not here, sweetheart. Let's not wake up your mother right now. Dasha clamps her mouth shut and nods, eyes wandering back to Juliet's peacefully sleeping face. I'm free after this. Dasha says, hesitating slightly in her delivery. She raises her right hand to lightly touch her neck where her pulse should be, and smiles sadly. If you want, I'd like to drive you back home and talk about all this. At the sight of your daughter sitting across from you, full of uncertainty, with secrets on the tip of her tongue, the last 20 years suddenly blow away as you're taken back to that memory of her, so young and uncertain in your living room. You sigh and glance down at Juliet before placing your hand in Dasha's and giving a squeeze. Sure, you finally murmur after a long silence. I'd like that. Our next piece takes us within an oppressive religious community stirred to unjust violence by suspicion and ultimately doomed by a powerful secret. This audio play, Garden, was written by Lucille Valentine and features Katie Humans as Margaret, Kiku Marie as Joanna, and Eric Little as Williams. Please note this piece contains some adult themes and violence. Margaret Howe, for the crime of witchcraft, you have been sentenced to death by burning. You have confessed to placing your hand upon the devil's book, consigning your soul to his service for eternity. Repent and beg God for his forgiveness. Beg? 
repent. Williams, how completely you misunderstand me. I have not come undone. A poor rope of a woman, unraveled at my frayed end. This is me in my totality, bound to the stake, without affectation or guise. You demand my repentance, but for my crimes, I feel no guilt and harbor no regret in the depths of my bosom. Quiet! Someone will hear us. Dear Joanna, surely you must understand my fervor after catching only mere glimpses of you? The sun itself winking through the clouds does not taunt me so. Can you truly fault me for turning to your light? You know I have felt the same since the day you first appeared, standing in the square, a dark silhouette birthed from the fog. I saw you and prayed. Our Father, who art in heaven, please grant me strength, for this woman will be my undoing. I almost fell to my knees then and there. <laughs> I do not recall any prostration, but you did gasp. It took everything I had not to rush forward and steal that breath for myself. But we cannot afford imprudence, even here. So we must rob the night of whatever moments we can. <laughs> Why my heart still catches when I see the mark on your skin, I shall never know. How you allowed yourself to be branded like so much cattle. It was worth it. I would succumb to him again in an instant, without reservation or dread. Besides, should the masses tire of my intemperance, I would burn as easily as the hay we lie upon. They would not care for the feeble scar across my belly. If that was your attempt at reassurance, Margaret, it is sorely lacking. It was not meant as reassurance, Johanna. It is merely the way of it. Promise me, if you are discovered and sentenced to the pyre, promise that you will use whatever dark gifts have been bestowed upon you to spirit yourself far from this place. I cannot, not without you. So you have claimed, but I cannot forsake my home. My hands helped raise these homes from splintered wood and tempered iron. Should I depart, how can I be sure the earth, earth watered with my own sweat and blood, will not open up and swallow this hamlet whole? Tell me, dear one, would that truly be the worst outcome in the world? Margaret! Forgive me, but I cannot fathom why you cling so desperately to this pit. This yoke you carry across your shoulders, it breaks your back with each passing day. Yes, you are bound to this place, but... What you do not seem to comprehend is that I am bound to you just as fiercely. If you've no consideration for your immortal soul, then so be it. Yield this answer, then. Who amongst our ranks worship in your circle? Who else in our blessed homestead has fallen so far from our Lord's favor who has warmed their hands by the devil's flame, danced at his black congregation? With whom do you collude? 
<gasps> the vile bitch bit off my ear. See how it still dangles from her teeth. Confess the names of your conspirators. <laughs> Fret not, Williams, you old fool. Only I have looked upon the devil's countenance, felt his hot breath on my nape. The denizens of your burrow remain pure, uncorrupted. None have been tarnished by my touch. We could flee, you know. And you know, we cannot. Please, just consider it. We could leave this festering welt of a town miles in our wake. We could stand in the sun, our fingers entwined together like woven baskets. You truly are the devil's agent, after all. Come to tempt me with possibilities I've no right to entertain. Joanna, look around you. This is no garden, no Eden. This is not a paradise out of which to be cast, but a prison from which we may sprint, remorseless and unrestrained. Then why do you resemble the serpent? Why do your words slither in my ear and shiver down my spine? How else could you have coiled yourself around my heart so completely? Place your palm against my cheek and tell me of my scaled second skin. Look upon me without the smog of their demands and tell me I am wrong. Press your lips against my own and tell me of the coldness of my blood. Why must you tempt me with the fruit ripe from blaspheme, content only when the juice trickles down my chin? Very well. Margaret Howe, for the crime of witchcraft, you shall burn. We will set alight the pyre on which you stand, and- No, no, no! Margaret, please! Please flee! Please save yourself! Joanna? What? Oh, shut up, father! Margaret, the devil bestowed his arts upon you, his sorcery. Please, escape from this place! Without you, there is no escape, no solace nor safety, not anywhere else on this earth. You two, my own daughter, is... Then, then I shall go with you. I would depart on the black wings of Satan himself, should it mean our freedom. But before, you said... Silence! Margaret, you and your master have unleashed your demonic plague upon my own blood, filled the chalice of her mind with venom. The inferno shall devour you, and then she shall join your ashes thereafter. No, Margaret! No! No! Oh, relinquish me, you old fool! I can feel your disgust, your contempt of me. I can see your lip curl as you gaze upon me. Joanna, you will- Will what? She will what? What else can you do to her? To me? To us? Don't you see, you revolting leech of a man? She was never yours. Your darling daughter, fruit of your loins, has finally wrested herself free from your decaying limbs. Margaret! 
I cannot embrace you if you are but smoke in the air. How can our lips meet if you are but cinders slipping through my fingers? You were right. I will leave with you, but you must be our salvation. Enough. This ends now. No. What in his name could it possibly be in the shadows lurking like thieves? Can you see, can you see their eyes glowing through the leaves? Sharper even than tempered steel, silver blades flashing in flaming maws. Can you feel, can you feel your bones being crushed between their jaws? Can you feel it burn, oh does it sear, from your ears to your bowels? Can you hear, can you hear the maelstrom of their bones? When you breathe, can you taste the way your pulse pounds? Your death comes to this place. There is no escape from hellhounds. Beloved, ah, Margaret, it is so horrific. Do you think me monstrous? Do, do you wish you had not interfered, but instead allowed my immolation? No. Never! It is only... I once thought that should I ever make my escape, regardless of circumstance, my heart would break before my feet carried me from the village. And now... Now? I feel a lightness, previously foreign to me. As if my bones were hollow as a bird's. As if we were serpents, fresh from our two small skins. You mean... I mean the time has come to plunge our hands into richer soil. To sow a new garden, far from this place. <laughs> you have been listening to Monsters Out of the Closet. Secrets carry great potential for communities, families, relationships, and individuals. Secrets can trap or liberate, break or bind. But it's no secret, dear listener, that we are happily bound to you. Thank you to Alana Stein and Lucille Valentine for your submissions, and to Katie Humans, Kiku Marie, and Eric Little for your performances. Music was provided by Ross Crean, David Hillowitz, and Kai Engel. To find out more about these pieces, our artists, and our readers, visit our website, monstersoutofthecloset.com. Our next episode, Journeys, will be released in late March, and we are currently seeking submissions for this episode, due by March 4th. We also are accepting standalone pieces that don't fit specific themes to feature as bonus material. You can learn more about submissions and participation on our website's submit page. Stay up to date with podcast news through monstersoutofthecloset.tumblr.com and at pod underscore monsters on Twitter. And hey, let us know what you thought of this episode. We were very excited to have our first audio play and would love to hear your feedback. Lastly, we want to give another thank you to our Patreon contributors and our other listeners for your support. If you can, we'd love it if you could review or rate us on Apple iTunes or just tell a friend about us. It really helps spread our curse far and wide. 
Thanks in advance. You're our not-so-secret Valentine this month. Lots of love. Monsters out. <laughs>